0: Hello, I'm Natasha Mirosh. Welcome to Extra Virgin Postcards, where I invite a guest from around the world to share what they love about where they live, what rest to see and do, and where to eat and drink. You'll get insights that only a local would know. So whether you're looking for destination information or just armchair travelling, let this Extra Virgin Postcard take you away. My name is Gaynor Reid. I'm an Australian from Sydney who who moved to Singapore for two years and subsequently we've been here almost nine years. I moved over for my job. I was uh, VP of Communications for Asia Pacific. I've recently finished up with them and I'm now starting up my own PR agency, working for a number of clients in travel and sustainability. I think we just decided to stay because it's such an easy place to live. It's super safe, it's super small, everybody's friendly, you can get around. So the island itself is only 275 square kilometres, I think, having lived here this long. And during COVID, I decided to take walks just to get out of the house. So my walks now take me about 10 kilometres every day, which, which is a lot in a country that's just one degree North of the equator. So it's hot all year round. I'm used to walking around with sweat trickling all over the place. But if you go early in the morning, uh, I find that's really lovely. There's stunning sunrises in Singapore over the water. You know, there's a lot of water. Obviously, it's an island. So I enjoy walking from about six o'clock in the morning. Sunrise is typically around 7 a.m., and uh, the streets are quite empty and Then Singaporeans tend to be later risers and shops and everything stay open until 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, sometimes uh, even 24 hours. So, you know, it's very much a nighttime city. The thing I love most about Singapore is that it's really multicultural. So you've got four main populations here, being Chinese, Indian eurasian and malaysian pretty much everyone speaks english so it's really really easy to get around you'll find everyone from your taxi driver to your bus driver to the waiter at your restaurant is going to speak english for you so that makes it very very easy for visitors one of the things i think that surprises people when they come to singapore is that it's really got a lot of green space you know it's, it's a small island it's a city island state And a country. So, you know, when you're filling out those forms, you have to put country, Singapore, city, Singapore, state, Singapore. It's it's quite confusing to a lot of people. But what is surprising is all the green space around it. So one of my favorite things is to go. There's a lot of national parks and they're actually trying to make it so that no one is more than 10 minutes away from a national park or a park wherever they live on the island. They do a lot of land reclamation here. So I think it's about a quarter of the island has actually been reclaimed from the sea or from the water. Uh, And in fact, the main tourist sites of Singapore, so you think about Marina Bay Sands or Gardens by the Bay, they're all on reclaimed land. And the city itself used to finish pretty much where the Raffles Hotel is. And Raffles Hotel used to be on something called Beach Road. But now Beach Road is literally in the middle of the city because they've reclaimed so much land on the other side of it. One of my favorite things to do is go to national parks. So my favorite, and I never know how to say it properly, but I think it's Sungai Bulo Wetlands, which is in Northwest of the island. And it is absolutely beautiful. It's the first ASEAN heritage listed park in Singapore, and they've got these beautiful trails that go through lots of bird life in the area as well. You can see crocodiles, which not many people think about when you think about Singapore. Massive, massive monitor lizards, all kinds of bird life. So you get a lot of the birdies, the twitterers, or whatever you call them, with their with their big cameras on the weekends. But they have beautiful pathways through the forest, lots of um, mangroves and swampland. It's absolutely beautiful. And you can actually see across to Malaysia. So I like to go there as well in the sunrise. And they've got these beautiful man-made structures that are absolutely gorgeous against the sunrise. And you're looking back across the water over Malaysia. So it's, it's one of my favorite places to take visitors. And you, you see more, you see monkeys there. You see more flora and fauna than you see in other pockets of the city. I also really, really love Labrador Park which is near Sentosa. So you can walk around there. You can see a lot of remnants from the war. So that was one of the first places they, they expected the Japanese to come in and attack at the entrance to the harbour there. So you can see a lot of old battlegrounds. And I also also really love obviously McBitchie Park, which is a really popular national park as well, which has a lot of lakes and trails and treetop walks. And again you'll see monkeys and a lot of bird life and wildlife so it's not something that we think of first when they think about singapore but it really is something that i think surprises and delights visitors when i've shown them around and then of course singaporeans i think a national pastime is eating and shopping and they really love their food and i think as someone like me who's a bit of a foodie you can get everything from a a hawker meal, some chicken rice which is almost like a national staple about four dollars you can have a full meal or you can go to a michelin star restaurant one of the the rooftop restaurants of which there are many many in singapore and you can dine in from the finest finest dining to the simplest food and it's all great food standards are really really high here so cleanliness and safety standards are really high so you can eat street food without any worries at all one of my favorite places to go is um, satay street so it's at the oldest hawker centre in Singapore. It's um, on a street called Bluntat Street. And in the evenings, they close the street down to traffic and they bring tables and chairs out onto the street. There's grills on the side of the road. so You've got that, that chicken and prawns and pork, you know, sizzling away on the grill. And then you get your satay sauce and your beer and you sit under the stars and it's beautiful. But then I also love really fancy restaurants. So you can go from anything to a hawker centre to somewhere really elegant, like the Grand Lobby at Raffles, which I think is a must for any visitor to have high tea there. You've got a pianist playing, you've got a a, a violinist, you've got that beautiful, beautiful historic building and the surrounds that really is quintessentially Singaporean. And then one of my other favourites is Sky Restaurant, which is on the um, seventh. 20th floor of the Swiss Hotel. And I think it has the best view in in Singapore because a lot of people go to Cey La Vie, for example, which is on the top of Marina Bay Sands. But people want to be looking at that. So I think the food is better at Sky 2. You can almost get every kind of food possible in Singapore. So I love a little restaurant called Artichoke, which is a Middle Eastern restaurant. And it's in a little tiny uh, church. It reminds me a little bit of Melbourne in its vibes. And the chef is Singaporean. But he's, you know, he's heavily tattooed. He's been on MasterChef Asia, he's one of the judges on that. Very cool guy and his food is spectacular. It's it's a sort of fusion of Middle Eastern food with Asian influences. And it's really always um, somewhere I return to time and again. Also, I love a place called Artemis, which is another rooftop restaurant. And again, you've got a spectacular view over the financial district and the water and the harbour. But I think um, one of the most fun places to go on a Wednesday, all around the island, they have ladies' night on a Wednesday. So they have very, very good deals. Alcohol is quite expensive in Singapore. So it's always good to look for a deal like ladies' night but where, you know, women might pay $38 and you get four hours free flow of Prosecco or it might be champagne, depending on where you go. And there's a place called Lava, which is, again, another rooftop restaurant, but they have ladies and gentlemen's nights. So you can get free flow Prosecco or free flow Negronis, depending on uh, your taste. So that's a favorite of mine for a Wednesday. Lots of good fun. And then I think if you want something, you know, that, that feels more beachy and laid back and relaxed, Runa's Beach Club is a favourite of mine on Sentosa and it's run by the people who run uh, a Runa's Beach Club in Bali. So you're looking out at the water, you've got the beach there, you've got three swimming pools, you can have your iced daiquiri or your margarita and your satay skewers, and you can feel like you're on holiday straight away. So that's um, another little secret that I love. The other thing that uh, people love to do here is shopping, obviously, but Singapore has some of the biggest and best shopping malls in the world. And because everything is so hot, they've pretty much connected all the malls. So you can enter in one mall on Orchard Road and walk underground and go through about four or five malls and come on, on the other side of the city almost. And you'd never run out of shops if that's what you're into. But for myself, I'd probably prefer to go somewhere like Haji Lane, which is a little more boutique shopping it's in the Arab quarter and there's a lot of street art around there as well. And I really, really love street art. So you can look at the street art. You can go into little boutique shops and more local designers and things like that. It's great for homewares and gift uh, giftwares and things like that. And I also love the Arab quarter for its rich, rich art culture. Street art is everywhere in Singapore. And that's one of the things I realised when I was doing my walks through through the pandemic and, and even to this day was that there is so much street art here. There's a very famous artist by the name of Yip Yiu Chong, who's probably the most prolific Singaporean street artist. And his work really speaks to me. I absolutely love his work. And he's got 15 murals all around the island. So I made it uh, a pact that I would go and see all of his artworks. And he's constantly getting new commissions. So he just did a new one in Chinatown, for example. But I've now gone all across the island and seen all of his artworks wherever they are. There's also a a street art open-air museum in the Arab Quarter, which, you know, I think is the first of its kind in Asia. I I absolutely love it because it changes all the time. You know, Little India is another area that's really, really rich in street art. And there's constantly new work being added. There's a lot of street art walks that can be done around the city that will actually guide you along to see a lot of street art. And again, I don't think that's something people think of when they think of Singapore, because they sometimes think of it as quite a sterile, very clean place. But it's actually really got a very rich street culture uh, and street art culture. The East Coast is a famous part of the island that people go to for the beach experience, and there's a lot of seafood restaurants, so you can pick your live seafood, sit sit with your feet on the sand and have a beachy experience that way. The one great thing about uh, the beaches here are the beach clubs and the restaurants, so it's not like you have to go far to find somewhere to eat or drink if you're on the beach. And for me, I guess a typical weekend would be we would usually go out with friends on a Friday night. As as I said before, there's a lot of rooftop bars here, which are always great to watch the sunset. So we might go to somewhere like Southbridge, which is at uh, Boat Quay. It's not a really, really tall rooftop, but it's it's more intimate and you can see over the city. It still overlooks the water and the river. Or we might go somewhere like the Gin Parlour at Fullerton Bay. Gin Parlour at Fullerton Bay is a beautiful, beautiful, very elegant bar overlooking the Marina Bay Sands. uh, They do happy hour from 5 to 9, I think it is. That's always a favourite, or somewhere like Kinky, which is another rooftop bar. It's more sort of Japanese street themed, but very cool bar. Or you might go to Club Street, which is a famous area where, again, restaurants and bars open out onto the street and tables and chairs spill out so the traffic is stopped. So there's a lot of places where people can gather and you get a sense of community and a sense of you know, celebration, I guess. And then we probably go to dinner. On Saturdays, I have a group of women that I walk with. So we'll do one of our walks around the island and on Sunday we're more likely to go over to somewhere like Sentosa where you can go to the theme parks with our daughter or you can go to the beach clubs, have some brunch, something like that. I have to say, throughout the year, Singaporeans really respect and celebrate every kind of culture and religion. So you could go from uh, Christmas, you'd have Christmas decorations alongside Diwali decorations and then you go into Chinese New Year and there's always something, some celebration, something to to enjoy and I think being a small island, they really get behind uh, reasons to get people out into the street, and a lot of families come out and get together. So, it's, I, I love that part of the city that sense of community. Uh, That sense of, I think, because things are are very, very safe here, you can go out till all hours of the morning and feel very, very comfortable that you're not going to see drunken louts on the street that you would in other cities, for example. Uh, As a woman, you can walk home at 3 a.m. and know that you're going to be safe. So, uh, yeah, that's typically how we would spend the weekend with, uh, with friends going out. So, I guess if someone were coming to Singapore, I would really uh, recommend going to the URA Gallery, which is near Chinatown and it's in between Chinatown and Tanjong Pagar. What people don't realize about Singapore is that a lot of the city is actually underground. So, because it's a small island state, They keep a lot of munitions, a lot of storage, a lot of power, all these sort of things are kept underground. And in this gallery, you press a button and see on each different level of the city what there is there. They've also got a diorama of the whole island, so you can see what's being planned. It's a very well-planned, very thought out city. So you can see every single street and building in Singapore in miniature, but you can also see the areas that are being reclaimed for the next 25 years and what's coming and i think that's really exciting to see what's happening with the city now and what's coming in the future and there's also a a great display of photographs of the city from the very very first years that they were taken and they've been overlaid with the development of the city since then so you can fold over each layer and see how the city has grown and developed you can go in there and it really gives a very fascinating insight into what singapore is how clever a city it is and how its development has really been planned and thought out you know it's a young city it's only 54 years old but you can actually see all the way back to before it was in that's, when i say it's 50 years 54 years old that's since it got its independence but you can see all the history of the city there so i always like to take visitors there if they really want to understand the city and its people So I hope I've inspired you to come and visit my adopted home it really is one of the most beautiful places in the world and as a a firm Australian my heart is always in Australia but Singapore has definitely got a little part in my heart as well and I'd I'd love to see more of you come and visit I think you'll be surprised and delighted by how much it offers in such a small space. You've been listening to Extra Virgin a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review.